welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We are your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton, and we are here this week to study with you in Doctrine and Covenants section 71 through 75, and we are titling this episode Expedient. Which is just a fun word and a fun title for an episode anyway. I kind of like to say it. I also like how it's spelled. And you know, I there is something that I should probably share with our podcast listeners that I don't think in all these years I've I've told anyone about on the podcast. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but I have a very hidden talent of spelling words backwards. Mm, have we talked about this? I don't think we have. Well, um... I didn't know I had a hidden talent because I just did a lot of weird things with words in my head for many years. And then um, I realized that it was a talent one day. That so it was kind of cool. Saying I guess I should say what it is. Saying things backwards. <laughs> and expedient is really fun to say backwards. Okay, let's hear it. Tanaidipska. Told you. Now, if you want to put this to the test, we've tested her in our family <laughs> because, of course, you could just think, oh, she's practiced. But you can give her any word and she will say it backwards. Um, and we've put it to the test where we'll record you and then play the recording backwards. And it comes out sounding like the A little word. weird, of course, because those recordings are weird. But after all these years, as my friends... Um, I should probably tell you about my hidden talent. So one so, more time, expedient is? Tanet Edipska. There you go. There you go. Um, this episode will take us through into July. So wishing you all a happy July. Um, crazy that we've made it this far, but we're just glad that you're here. We, as we've mentioned in the past few episodes, starting a few weeks ago, we are doing these mini episodes for the summer. And um, also, if you're on our email list, um, you saw an email come out from us, our newsletter, I guess we'll call it, is what it is. Um, Then you had a little more information about our mini episodes. We're trying to get these done in 15 minutes or less, just summer's busy. And we wanted to just give you maybe a little bit of what the study's about and sharing with the Discover, Invest, Connect. And if you are on our newsletter, and maybe you saw it pop up in your e- inbox, um, just giving a little update from us. If you want to subscribe to our newsletter, you can find it on our website at scripturestudyproject.com. So um, I think that's all we have before we get started. Zach, okay. nope, that's do you it. have anything else? Okay. So I love to find repeated words. Uh, I've come to sense that the, uh, the Lord emphasizes things through repetition, can you say them backwards? No, but I can say them <laughs> multiple times in a row. Good job. <laughs> and this block of scriptures uh, is an interesting one because uh, it's it's sandwiched between some really big revelations. So section 76, the next one next week, uh, is the vision. It's famous for its description of the celestial, terrestrial, and celestial kingdoms. Uh, it has an incredible testimony, the prophet Joseph Smith, and it's expansive. It's incredibly expansive. And of course, we just came off of some really powerful revelations uh, that the Lord gave, section 64, for example. And so these sections are kind of some in-between, more 
practical, um, more procedural even. It's addressing some specific concerns that have been threaded throughout the last couple of uh, sections that we've read. There's criticism of church leaders and church members. There's things being printed uh, in newspapers. Uh, So members of the church, elders are being sent out to preach the gospel. They're organizing the book of commandments to be printed. All of that's going on. But throughout all of that, I caught this word being repeated over and over again, and I uh, had one of those moments where I realized I didn't actually know what the word meant, even though it's a scriptural word, and I read it hundreds of times probably. Uh, and the word is expedient. It shows up in 71 verse 5, where the Lord says, The time is verily come that it is necessary and expedient in me that you should open your mouths and proclaim my gospel, the things of the kingdom, expounding the mysteries thereof out of the scriptures. Um, he doesn't say the word expedient, but expresses this thought in verses 2 and 3. Uh, Verily I say unto you, proclaim unto the world in the regions about round about and in the church also for the space of a season, even till it shall be made known unto you. Verily, this is a mission for a season which I give unto you. 72 verse 2, Verily thus saith the Lord, it is expedient in me for a bishop to be appointed unto you or of you unto the church in this part of the Lord's vineyard. Um, We just uh, had Edward Partridge, who was originally the bishop in Kirtland, now has moved to Jackson County, and so Newell K. Whitney is called as the bishop in Kirtland. Um, 73, verse 1, verse 3, verse 4, the word expedient shows up repeatedly in that section, and then 75, verse 10, the word expedient shows up again there as well. I looked up the word expedient because I thought it just meant right. This is the thing that's right to do. And I always probably, it's kind of like you said, a word that you didn't know the definition to. I always thought, and probably because it has speed in part of the way you pronounce it, um, that it was something that he wanted us to do quickly. Mm. And I I too had assumed that I knew the definition to this word, but yeah. had never thought about it. And it turns out the word means neither of those. Uh, in English, especially in the English of the 1830s, the word expedient meant fit or suitable for the purpose or proper under the circumstances. In other words, something that is expedient is something that is right or correct for this specific time and for this specific specific circumstance or purpose, but not necessarily universally applicable or universally correct. It's something that's appropriate now, but that could change later. The opposite of expedient is the word eternal. Eternal is something that is unchanging and connected to God's very character or nature. Whereas expedient is something that's connected to our mortal circumstances, which change. Eternal is connected to God himself, who doesn't change. Well, I like the idea of it, of that definition. Well, I guess just knowing what this word actually means and thinking of it as um, what's appropriate or what's... um, I don't know, timely for me right now? Mm -hmm. What's applicable for me right now in my life? Yeah. And I think it unearths two problems um, or gives us the language to talk about two problems that come up quite often in our interactions with uh, the church. Problem number one is when we think that something that is eternal 
is expedient or when we think it was expedient. And so, for example, when we look at a, a teaching, a commandment or a law of God, and think because it's uncomfortable now, we assume that it must have been comfortable at some other time. And so therefore it was a doctrine created for some time, but now it's not really applicable because our time makes it inconvenient or uncomfortable. And you could probably come up with a list just like we could. But a lot of those eternal things deal with ordinances and covenants. Our relationship with God, a lot of the things that God asks us to do in sacred, holy places or situations are eternal and unchanging, even if our circumstances or our situations change. Those are eternal. And we get into problems when we think that those eternal things are expedient, or if they're not expedient, that they must be changed. And the second problem with that is just the opposite, when we think that something expedient is eternal. And for me, those come maybe with more cultural things that are appropriate for a certain time, or maybe culturally accepted, um, and then it's not appropriate at other times. Yeah, well, we've had a lot of these examples recently too because the pandemic has mandated that we do some things in the church that are expedient. They're situated for the purpose or the circumstance or the time, which of course is very unique, but they're not necessarily eternal. Mm -hmm. um, I have heard discussions and um, and even felt a little bit myself, boy, this at-home church is really convenient, right? Zooming into church is really nice. I don't have to get my kids up. I don't have to get ready for church. I don't have to sit in the sit in the pews and try and keep them quiet while we're listening to sacrament meeting. Wouldn't it be great if church was that way always? And shouldn't it be that way always? It's so much more convenient. It's so much more expedient. However, the commandment to gather and strengthen each other is eternal. It's connected to God because... God is a person who gathers. Uh, he's a person that instructs um, and, and edifies in groups. We, we live in an eternal family. And so there's uh, an eternal connection binding us together. And so even though it has been expedient to be separate, individual and connected only via technology, uh, that probably is changing, will change, and may continue to change over the coming years because it's not uh, it's not an eternal principle, if that makes sense. And I think this just, for me, helps me understand the importance of, I mean, we all know that that's what life's all about. It's about change and growing and learning and understanding, and that the Lord is available for us to find out what is expedient for us right now. And so the question to help you invest this week a little more into your study is this. What is expedient and eternal and or eternal for me and my family or my ward, my area? What What is it that the Lord wants me to be doing right now? Well, and as a practical example, we've been talking about this just in our, our ward um, as we transition back to, we live in Pennsylvania, where I think we're one of the last states to really kind of unlock after the pandemic. And so as we transition back to in-person meetings, in-person second hour of church, 
we've had to ask the questions, well, what does that look like? And how much of the pandemic model of church do we retain? And how much do we go back to what it was before? Or uh, as Elder Uchtdorf counseled recently, are we supposed to go back to the past or are we supposed to go back to the future? What lessons can we learn? And at the core of those discussions has been this question. Well, what are the things that are eternally important? What is it that's necessary, uh, salvation, necessary for our salvation, necessary for our happiness that we should be focusing on? And what are the things that maybe aren't as necessary? Is it necessary that we do things exactly the way that we were? We had a lot of tradition built up in our church of the way things should be done. Are there some things there that maybe we can say goodbye to because they were expedient in a previous time, but they're now no longer expedient? And are there some things that we can bring back because they're eternal in nature and important for our happiness? Isn't this, I just, I like this question because I think it's such a good way, um, as you're explaining that way of thinking of this question is just really reevaluating the why you're doing things and how we're doing it, which is one of the great things of the pandemic. I think we can really add, add ask and answer this question in new ways because it's caused such a shift in our in our thinking. Yeah. So to connect to God, a practical thing we could do with this, and I don't know how this one's difficult to make practical, but I think there is some work we could do on our attitude, on our perspective. As we transition away from the pandemic and just as we live in an ever-changing world, I think it's important for us to be open to change, to be open to directions the Lord might give that are expedient now, but what weren't expedient yesterday, uh, and to be free and, and more open to make those changes or adjustments. And as you do that, I think we can remember this in section 75, verse starting in verse 10, calling on the name of the Lord for the comforter, which shall teach them all things that are expedient for them praying always that they faint not, and inasmuch as they do this, I will be with them even unto the end. Behold, this is the will of the Lord your God concerning you, even so. Amen. So don't forget that, that as we figure out what is expedient for us at this time for you personally, that um, the Lord promises to be with us and help us as we seek Him. We hope you have a great week and hope you have a great study. Thanks. Thank you.